welcome to Ag Watches, everyone. Um, my name's Ben Galloway, and I am a New Zealand farmer. Um, and I'm here with Andrew and Matt, and we're going to um, have a bit of a chat about what's going on out there. I quite, I quite like smart. Do you? It quite, is. It's a, it's a great, it's a great idea of yours to get the guests <laughs> to do the intro. I think, I think it's not, it's not that we're lazy. It's just uh, well. Uh, <laughs> It just allows us a different voice, you know, and, and especially a different accent now as well. Yeah, exactly. Because exactly. now we've got, we've got three accents on this podcast. And you're particularly excited about this guest, Andrew, because of I the am, connection. I am. I'm very excited. When, when, I, when, I look, when I investigated and did my due diligence, I was very excited because I was like, this guy could be a cousin of mine's. <laughs> he's, uh, he's, he's Ben Galloway. And as we all know, Home of the home of the belted Galloway, uh, Dumfries and Galloway, God's country, Southwest Scotland. So we'll talk about that later. But Ben, before we go on a meandering tangent, tangent through yeah. through uh, my thought processes, tell tell us a bit about where you're from. Where are you farming? Uh, we're farming um, in the uh, lower North Island uh, near near a place called um, Dannybrook probably 20 minutes from there, just on a um, family sheep and beef farm. Um, and yeah, we're, we're uh, my partner, Catherine and I, uh, she's, she's a, a vet. We've come into the business recently in about the last three years. Um, yeah, and dad's been, we've gone through, been going through the family farm succession stuff here. So um, that's been interesting. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that later on. But yeah, yeah, like, um, yeah, uh, sheep and beef farm here. Um, we're about over a thousand hectares effective and um yeah employing a shepherd and another person in the summer and um yeah we're, we're, so just just before we go on to the the normal discussions in the sixth sense i thought it was a good point to actually highlight that this is part of the global sheep forum a collaboration with ag watchers and next gen next gen it's called next gen no it's called the global sheep forum next gen podcast that's it if you want a full title um and the idea is that we're going to get farmers from around the world uh, to talk about their experiences farming and sheep. And, uh, and Ben is the first one to put his hand up, the, the brave one, uh, to, to put his hand up and have a discussion with us about life in New Zealand. So, yep. And, but before we even continue on with any further kind of questioning, we need to do our regular sixth sense, don't we? We do need to do the warm-up. Our, word of, our, 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 word psychological, word our psychological test. Mm, just to see. So Just we're going to we're going to fire uh, six questions at you or six words, and you give us back the first thing that comes into your head when you think about it. It can be a, a, a short phrase, uh, not not two minute answers. Just keep it keep it quick, and then we'll have a proper a proper discussion. So Matt, there you go. Emissions trading scheme. Very <laughs> hard work. A little bit, a little bit ridiculous, I think. So, so Matt goes in straight for the serious one. <laughs> straight um, for the kill. Straight for the kill. Black pudding. Nice. Good with breakfast. Good man. Ha- haggis. Even better. Oh yes. Yes. Deep fried. <laughs> Availability of labour. Getting harder. Uh, Come on, Matt. Yeah, I was going to say I was, I was just going to. Yeah, I was going to say sheep farming generally, but I think I might spin around and go shearing. Love it. 
<laughs> Scotland. Whiskey. <laughs> there we go. We can see from the those answers that Ben gave to Black Pudding and Haggis in specifically, we can see he's obviously spent some time in the old country, Andrew. I don't know. I think that's what we should we should start off with. That you, you. Mm. I think I always think it's good to travel the world and, and see a bit of the world, gain a bit of culture. Um, I'm not sure how much culture you get from going to Scotland, but fair enough. So you spent a bit of time in Scotland. Whereabouts? Uh, yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, um, Andrew. Yeah, uh, worked on a uh, maybe when I first headed over, and uh, worked on a beef farm down in Stranraer there for a family, the Macintosh family. It was quite a big outfit, and. Um, yeah, we had a pretty good time there. We uh, headed up and worked for another fellow, John Scott, up in um, north of Inverness, so up the top. So saw a bit of the countryside there, so it was good. Brilliant. How, how did you find Stranra? Yeah, I mean, um, oh, yeah, the people, they were great people. Um, I couldn't understand them for a while, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, all, no, it was good. I loved it. Yeah. They, all, they all look alike as well. <laughs> you think they're related somehow? <laughs> Pretty sure. <laughs> lots of lots of beards, and that, that's just the women, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, as people will be aware, you know, Stranraer is an area of Dumfries, God's country, where I was uh, born and raised. So it's a good part of the world to get to. Much better than Inverness, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, no, there's nothing up there. It's, all, it's a good, it's a good country. I loved it. So how, how, long, how long were you there for? I was just working. We were working about two and a half months in Stranraer and then a bit over a month up top. And then, um, yeah, a little bit of ticking around, ticky-turing around. Yeah, um, yeah it was good. Yeah. Is this like a po post-school kind of thing, was it, a few years back now? Yeah, it was post-uni thing, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I had a wee opportunity to go over through uni um, and, yeah, sort of, and, and then got a bit of a small taste of travel. So thought after uni, I want, we'll get into a bit of an OE here. So, yeah. yeah. Good to, good to expand the horizons. Absolutely. Right. Let's get into the serious stuff, Matt. <laughs> so now you come, you're back now, back on the farm in New Zealand. So it's a family farm, you're saying. Um, and that's, uh, I think from memory, you've got some kind of brothers involved in that as well. And dad and grandfather even still kicking mm. it out, like helping out. So it's a, it's a, it's a full family affair. It's a real, yeah, real family operation. It's pretty, actually, it goes back um, six generations to the earliest part of the land, um, which is, we think, pretty neat. So, um, yeah, even uh, my first original a guy, John Galloway, in the 1880s cleared, cleared a little bit of the land um, when they came over from Scotland. So um, that's pretty neat to sort of keep that going. Um, and, yeah, it's obviously been passed down through the generations, expanded quite a lot from where it first started. But, um, yeah, look, no, really, really cool to have the family vibe on it. Um, like, yeah, my granddad, he's right into the machinery. Um, so he just sort of gets in his digger and has a little play a bit and, um, and that sort of thing and gets a truck out of the shed or whatever. And, and yeah, dad, dad's um, still heavily involved in the business. And I've got one younger brother that's fencing at the moment with the plan to come home and the other one's a builder. So um, yeah, all pretty good. Oh, so, so, so the brothers aren't all on farm presently, just you that's back on farm, is that right? Just me at the moment, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're both living in buildings on the farm, actually, um, which uh, is, yeah, pretty cool to have everyone close by after a few years of being doing our own thing. And, yeah, everyone's sort of, yeah, come a little bit closer to home, so it's, so it's pretty neat, actually. Use them for, for a bit of free labour on the weekends. <laughs> Absolutely, keep, yeah, keep, a, yeah. keep a couple of jobs this Saturday and Sunday. So. <laughs> Tell them, yeah, yeah, we'll give you a beer and if you do this. It works out quite cheap labour, doesn't it? So. Free labour. 
Speaking of which, uh, that's a good, good, a good Hoiberg tangent there. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the, the discussion points we've had a lot with people is labour. Uh, so Matt and I owned a, a pig farm until recently, and uh, one of the big reasons we sold that pig farm was the difficulty getting labour, and it was getting harder and harder to get labour, and we just didn't have the time to concentrate, you know, heading to the farm every day to to do work on it, and so yeah. we just saw it as a clear the decks and, and get rid of it. And we're finding that a lot of people in Australia, the same sort of thing. It's just the difficulty getting labor across any sort of job. doesn't matter what yeah. it is. Yeah. What's it like in New Zealand? Like, is it? Yeah, it's similar, similar um, struggles. I think less young people wanting to work now, wanting to do physical work. Um, yeah. And it's a bit sad really, because I think I love physical work. And I love, well, I just love, yeah. But um well, you yeah, said you uh, said you is. said you love shearing, so that was a pretty good indication that you like you enjoy physical work. <laughs> well, yes, there, there could be a few jobs over here for you, mate. We're desperate <laughs> shearers. Yeah, look, it's, it's, it's good fun shearing. Uh, you can't get a bit of sweat up. Um, it's a good way to lose a lose a bit of um, black pudding and haggis off the off the waistband after after I got back from Scotland, anyway. So. <laughs> Breakfast will keep you going for a month. So, so but but are are you, are you finding it, like is is do you have less backpackers and stuff coming as well? Are you finding that? Yeah, yeah, I think there is, yeah. And, um, yeah, just as a general, uh, less probably young people interested in agriculture. Um, the, if you work out the average age over here of people working in agriculture, I think that's slowly crept up over the years. And now it's, it's, it's sort of a little bit frightening how high it is now. But, um, yeah, we, we, we are quite lucky. We've got a, a couple of young people involved in the business that are um, – uh, a girl down the road lives close by. She's keen on farming, so she's going to work for us for the summer um, and the school holidays. And um, another young guy that's keen on farming as well that's, that's um, you know, come to us. So he's, he's sort of helping out. Plus our, our worker who's our um, shepherd at, at the moment has been with us uh, two and a half years. He came straight out of Auckland, straight out of the city and wanted to give farming a crack. So um, so we try and support, try and harbour it as much as we can. But, um, yeah, like you say, there is less and less people. Um, I think, I think that's going to be that's going to be a path that's repeated from everyone we speak to, isn't it? Mm. I would say labor is an issue, but you mentioned, you mentioned the, the term there, not a term you hear often these days, certainly not in Australia as a, as a role on farm as a shepherd. Is that a particular kind of New Zealand terminology for a farm hand or a laborer? Yeah, I know, yeah, it's, I know yeah. what a shepherd is from the old days. You'd have a Jesus, shepherd you know? tending to the sheep, right? But <laughs> I just don't, I don't hear that as a as a job opportunity in Australia anymore. You call someone on on a say a sheep farmer, a farm hand or rouseabout or something like that. But is a shepherd a specific specific role in New Zealand, or is it just what you call yeah, yeah. a farm hand? Yeah, yes, yeah, but that's what we call it. Yeah, shepherd. Yeah, yeah. If you're in sheep and beef farming, you'd be either advertising for a, um, if you're looking for a worker. You might be advertising for a shepherd, a junior shepherd, a head shepherd, or a, um, a general, just a general farmhand, which would be fencing um, and that that sort of side of it. So, um, yeah, that's a term in New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. I just think of some kind of Greek fellow walking along, you know, with his, with his herd, herd, you know, flock of goats or something, or whatever herd of goats, isn't it? <laughs> Holding a crook on the hillside <laughs> with a couple of dogs. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Come back, come back. <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, get away back. <laughs> uh, so, so New Zealand, yeah? Like, we used to always think of New Zealand for sheep, yeah? For, for mm. a long time. Like, we always associated, you know, New Zealanders with sheep. Uh, but that has declined over time, the number of sheep. And, yeah. and dairy sort of increased. So, so why, why are you still in sheep? 
Um, if you if you saw our hills, you wouldn't uh, the dairy cows wouldn't exactly stay on them. So um, yeah, uh, no uh, sheep for us. Um, yeah, we love it. Uh, the, the, dairy farming um, doesn't really appeal to me personally. Uh, we do have land that we could be dairy farming on, but um, yeah, so it's about, I guess it's about you know what suits your land use at the end of the day. So we've got quite a few steep hills um, and a lot of hill country that um, dairy cows, milking dairy cows would be pretty impractical, but but definitely, um, yeah, there's been a lot of, in the recent years, a lot of sheep farms being converted to dairy farms mm. on that probably more suitable land. Um, I think the process has halted a bit now and, and starting even to go back the other way here um, and sheep farms getting back in on some of that land. But um, yeah, dairy farms, I think probably almost make up 50% um of, of new zealand now you know in terms of the, the agriculture yeah and what, what about like you said a shear yeah like I, I don't know much about uh wool in new zealand but what's the quality of wool there is it uh i hope the like quality is good but it's not uh nah uh, there's some uh south down south you'll get the big uh, merino farms um yep. so that's obviously still um you know quite good quality quite sought after but the crossbred wool here um it hardly pays to share them, which is a bit sad. So um, I think it, wool's a great product. I think it's, you'd hardly get a more natural, sustainable product. And the way the world's going at the moment, it's pretty sad that wool's not worth as much as it should be. Well, if you, you, know, if you, if you, if you listen back to one of our previous podcasts, uh, I was trying to encourage Australian wool innovation to start marketing kilts and get, yeah, some, of that cro- get some of that cross-built wool into, <laughs> uh, into kilts. And then we can... Uh, get a whole new industry and all the demand for all the supply for crossbred would be taken away in a, a month. With, um, <laughs> yes, right. You mentioned, you mentioned Ben, that, that added cost, obviously that the labor and then shearing is one part of that. And, and the difficulties around shearing, I think in New Zealand might be similar to Australia in terms of trying to find shearers and, and particularly it makes it more present when the, with the crossbred stuff, with the price not being as good for the fine wool, you, you ask yourself the question, you know, is it worthwhile sharing those crossbreds? Has there been much a, a move in New Zealand to the shedding types at all? There's been a small move to that, yeah. People have, have head, headed towards the um, the Wiltshires and that sort of thing, um, the Dorpers a little bit. But, um, yeah, that, uh, I think I'd be interested to see where that goes going forward. Um, I've still got faith in wool. I hope that it's going to come back, and I think a lot of people are holding on to that faith. Um but yeah, look, you know those 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 shedding more shedding type breeds are appealing to people um, that you know they, they grow a little bit more meat, um, they put more energy into meat growth, sorry, and uh, you know they they're easier care, they don't need the fly strike control and that sort of thing that, that some of these crossbred wool wool type breeds you know need. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting where that one you, goes in the in the coming years. Speaking speaking of fly strike, do you guys do mulesing? And nah, nah, it's not a not a thing. Nah, um, uh, maybe down south on the odd place, but I think it. I don't. I think it's. I thought it has it been illegal. It's banned. It's banned now. I'm pretty sure in New Zealand. Yeah. I think it was, that was a year or so back. I reckon they brought it in. Said no longer. Okay. No longer allowed. No yeah, because yeah. that's a big thing. Yeah. on Merinos and um, Aussie, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a challenge for the next ten years, I reckon. So. Yeah, yeah, and that's been banned over there recently. Or. No, no, it's no um, there's a bad. strong recommendation for the use of pain relief, um, you know, which most most do, I think. It's up into the 90% that, that use pain relief in the mulesing process. Um, but, yeah, it, we haven't gone to the stage of, of formally kind of, you know, banning it or, or, or mm. whatnot yet. Yeah. I think it's mm. a matter, matter of time, really. So mm. one, one, on the Sixth Sense, Matt, 
might give you. I did. Yeah, I was going to go straight into the straight into the carbon stuff because it's that's obviously that's makes its way. Across, yeah, yeah, and it makes its way across here because we, we're looking as a as a kind of you know, nation that's got a lot of agricultural exports like yourselves. Um, the treatment of, of of emissions nowadays in New Zealand has changed, and you now. Um, as a farmer, kind of having to look closely, what's happening well, well, there? Not, not yeah, I think it's twenty twenty five. Oh, that's right. Yeah, well, it's coming well, in. Though. It's coming in. It's, that's not mm. long. That's only two seasons. So. And you said, I think you, didn't the phrase you used was ridiculous, wasn't it? Or something like that. <laughs> something like that, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> challenging. I don't know. Off the yeah, top of my head, yeah. yeah, yeah I didn't yeah. say challenging, but it is challenging. A little bit ridiculous, I think, because um, gee, if you look at uh, you know, the world's the total of the world's emissions, um, you can hardly point the finger at animals, can you? So they've no. been here forever. Um, and they're not, you know, burning fossil fuels and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, it's, 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 but it's challenging, all right. But a six, a six generation farming. So you'd have quite a bit of, um, I guess, discussion, you know, in the, in the shed over smoker, whatever you might call smoker in New Zealand. Um, <laughs> smoker, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, but like, so you've got the grandfather, your father, obviously yourself there. So three generations all being able to discuss, you know, your, what you think of this, um, of this plan for the New Zealand government to, to bring in or to, 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 to uh, sting the farmers, I guess. What's the, what's the general perception? It, it, it seems as though it's pushing ahead, but farmers in New Zealand are not real happy about it. Would that be a fair assessment? Yeah, I think the government, I think inevitably something's going to happen. Um, the government want to... Um, have sort of started pushing it on a little bit and uh, the farmers have not reacted that well. Um, there's been protests around the country um, in the last couple of weeks. And uh, yeah, you know, I think the, the leading up to just recently, the government, um, you know, put a proposal out that it was going to happen. And then so uh, organisations in New Zealand sort of put a bit of a submission in. Uh, it was called Hawaka Ekinoa, uh, which was sort of saying how the farmers um, if it was going to happen how the farmers would like it to happen and um, up until recently it was looking like that was going to go through with the government and then they just sort of turned it turned it around and said no nah, we're going to put farming in the ETS and there's going to be a, a you know we're going to do it this way and, and pretty much sort of went back on everything the far, um, that the you know farmers were agreeing on if it was going to happen you know we sort of wanted it to happen in a, in a certain way that it wouldn't what businesses out so so effectively mm. what's going to happen is you're going to have to account for your emissions in a couple mm. of years time so you're going to have to yeah. you, first of all you're going to have to calculate what your emissions are which is going to cost you money mm. and time yeah and then you're going to have to work out you have to buy carbon credits yeah that's right but yeah. everybody all every this is going to be crazy because like Matt and I our background is markets and economics but what you're going to find is in 2025 when this starts every one and their uncles are going to have to be buying credits all at the same time. Yeah. And so there's going to be this big avalanche of people who's just saying, we need credits now to meet our obligations. And the market is going to go through the roof and people are going to have to. I think it's already already started, hasn't it, in New Zealand? I saw mm. the carbon price in New Zealand has gone up significantly since since that was announced. Yeah, um, yeah it has. Yeah. Look, look, and, uh, 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 oh, you, you guys, yeah. It's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a real challenge, yeah. And um, yeah, uh, personally, politically, I just try and keep my head down and go and do do the work at, at, on the day, and um, and try and not take too much notice of it. I know that's probably a little bit, maybe, uh, you know, thing. What's the word for me? Uh, you know, not not I'm, I'm progressive or something, but I just 
that political stuff it takes it's, it's very challenging <laughs> this is this is also in like there's so there's a carbon aspect in emissions trading but there was also um water legislation too that was brought in a few years back as well around you know looking at um the flow of water through the farm and what's coming off in terms of runoff as well mm. is that is that is that kind of settled down that particular issue is that also another additional aspect that you've got to be conscious of yeah, that's there too yeah 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 fencing off waterways uh, for stock exclusion so that's um when you've got kilometers of waterways that's a fair expense too um, for farmers and, and quite often that is the natural water for those stocks so if you fence off the waterways exclude the stock from those areas then you've got to put in a water system reticulated water system too so it's all cost eh? and um you know if you're not getting a heap of help from um in terms of subsidies or anything it's it's quite damaging to businesses because new zealand is similar to australia it's got very low subsidies compared to mm. europe and um the usa and canada yeah. So, yeah, yeah. And, but it's also getting, no but New Zealand's yeah. getting sort of these sort of new carbon treatments. It's going to be interesting. Uh, uh, there's one that we'll keep an eye on very closely uh, because, you know, there is a chance that that sort of thing will occur in Australia at some point. But I guess the good thing is we can see maybe our government looks at how terrible it is. <laughs> uh, well, we don't know. We, or at least going to see how it's administered and executed and uh, see what the reaction is. That's right. Mm. Yeah. Well, and the good yeah. thing is, though, Ben, at least sheep prices are good. They are, yep, yep. They're good at the moment. Um, a little bit of a nervous outlook going out um, here now, just um, prices just coming back a little bit, coming into the summer, which is probably a general downward trend anyway as you come from the spring to the summer, but just happening a little bit earlier and um, a little bit of nervousness out there for the the summer going forward if it gets dry as well what's going to happen there and and with the world being in a potentially going into a bit of a recession is land going to take a bit of a, a hit you know because that's generally people will stop buying the, the higher end products won't they and um unfortunately land generally falls in that mm. that sort of that sort of place so it'll be interesting what happens going forward that's what we've been saying as well matt isn't it that uh high-end goods are, are at risk. Yeah, well, you can add wool to the mix there as well as a discretionary spend, so you, you're kind of yeah. doubly exposed, I guess, there with your, with your you know, your, your sheep, uh, both as the wool aspect and the and the meat aspect. Um, oh, maybe, uh, if, although, maybe if we see, you know, those gas prices in Europe staying high, be more people buying wool and jumpers and they'll be happy with a 28 micron. <laughs> yeah, a bit, a right. bit of itch, just got a tissue yeah. underneath it, they'll be fine. Well, you got to layer up, don't you, if you've got a no of, heating. A, a couple of throws on the couch. You know? no, that's it. That's it. <laughs> so, so Ben, you're you're 27, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Coming off of a on a, a sixth generation farm, so you're going to be the seventh, or, or you are. No, I'm um, the sixth. Yeah, uh, Angus, our son's going to be the seventh. Yeah. So. Well, you hope. You hope so. Well, he doesn't. He doesn't have to farm at all. But I mean, he's uh, you know, yeah, yeah, he's that's not, right. We'll see what happens. Yeah, no, 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 no. He can he can do whatever he wants. Yeah, whatever makes him happy. <laughs> uh, he can be a carbon farmer. Oh, um, gee. <laughs> um, but the, the the just out of curiosity, yeah. Uh, another another topic that always comes up uh, is succession planning. Yeah, yeah. How, how are you, how are you uh, navigating that at the moment? Yep. Uh, yeah. So that's sort of something that's been um, high on our list the last couple of years, three years uh, since we got back, pretty much. Um, Mum and dad have been brilliant, really, really good. 
um, through it all. So, um, yeah, we sort of, the way we navigated it was, um, well, we did go, uh, there was a, a sort of RMPP, it was called, a, a group that um, did these sort of road shows through New Zealand and, and, one, and covered a few topics for farmers, and one of them was farm succession. So we had sort of three sessions in there with them. Um, if they, a, they're like a farm consultant that helps with succession and other on-farm matters. Yeah, it was a, it was yeah. a like uh, it was called the Red Meat Profit Partnership. So that was uh, right. sort of like a levy group based. Um, they got some levies off you know beef and lamb or whatever, and then they sort of broke out, and then they sort of so they employed um, specialists to to give workshops um, for farmers. So that was really good. So that sort of got the ball rolling for us, um, and then we sort of. Yeah, just amongst family worked out what we all wanted. And um, yeah, so we ended up forming a company. Um, everything was a mum and dad's partnership at that stage. So we ended up forming a company, which um, Catherine and I became shareholders of and, and it's got opportunity for my brothers to, to buy into as well. So, yeah. so the idea will be eventually over time, you'll buy the shares off of your parents. That's right, and yeah. Increase your shareholding. Yep. So there's, right. no, there's yep. no arguments, no, uh, no fallouts with the brothers? No, nah, no, nah, hopefully not. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we all get along really good. So we we'll try and keep it that way. Well, if there is, they just get evicted off the farm once you own enough of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. Yeah, once, I'm over, once, we, once we have over 50% it, is that the, um, what do you call it? You can say, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can say I'm, I'm taking 50% of the living room, so get out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nah. So... so if you're, if you're looking at from a from a New Zealand sheep farmer's perspective, uh, if you if you stacked up, what are the biggest challenges presently with some of the stuff we've spoken about? And we haven't touched on things like, you know, high input costs like fuel and fertilizer and stuff. But what would you say? What would be your top three in terms of if you know if you had a magic wand and you could get rid of some of the bigger problems? What would what would be the ones you'd kind of tackle first? Um, I think yeah, um, price rises, uh, the higher cost. Um, that's a little bit worrying because uh, at the moment it's all right. Well, well, we've got good price for our our products, you know, sheep and beef and that. Um, not so much wool, obviously, but um, sheep and beef prices are pretty good. So that's probably masking that over a little bit at the moment. But that's quite worrying going forward because generally once prices come up, they don't come down, do they? So, um, you know, fertiliser prices, that sort of thing going forward as well. It's quite, quite a um, risk. And, yeah, obviously the carbon tax, um, carbon, carbon taxes, carbon farming as a whole um, has put a lot of pressure on some farmers in New Zealand, it's really uh, pushed the land price up. That was, you know, selling whole farms to pine trees, really. So um, that's been happening in the last three, four, five years here. Um, and yeah, really, really worrying. Um, I, I personally can't really see the sense in it, um, selling good productive land to pine trees. But yeah, I think if every farm just had a little bit of a dirty gut or whatever we call it, like a bit of rougher land that they could plant yeah, yeah. a few pine trees on you could offset emissions a lot a lot easier than um and a lot more efficiently than planting whole productive farms into into pines you know um, so have you looked at a, have you looked have you looked at areas on your farm and said well maybe that is something we could do in this spot here and there or is that something you, you know you're not really interested at all for sure uh, yeah like we are doing it a little bit um there's a couple of nasty places that have slipped out a bit and um you know reasonably unproductive a little bit dangerous to have stock in a couple of those paddocks so um, part of them pine trees we're not actually claiming carbon cred credits from it we could be but we don't really help believe in the whole scheme it's a little bit stubborn perhaps but um and some might think a little bit silly but yeah we, we uh we've just done that anyway naturally because it's better for the land to be planted on in a tree than um you know and, and that and that really hard stuff on me yeah 
Mm. But if you're if you're doing that but not selling the credit, can you not then demonstrate to the authorities that we've done this improvement, we've planted these trees, therefore we're capturing and storing some on farm now, so we get a we get some kind of abatement to what we're to what we're doing on the other side. We're hoping that that's going to be happening. That's going to come through. Um, yeah, there's a lot of you know riparian like plant we call it riparian plantings, planting waterways. We've done a lot of that. We've got a lot of trees out there doing that. We've got a lot of native bush. So um, the government at the moment is saying that they're not taking that stuff into account. So that's okay. going to be quite so it's, it's quite the same, worrying. It's um, the same same as what we have in Australia with that additionality rule. Yeah, you, you have to benchmark before you do the work. Yeah, because you're not removing anything additional if you've already done it. If you've already done it, but Ben, you're saying that they're not taken into account if it's what you've previously done, or you're saying they're not taken into account at all. It's not, yeah, not taking into account what, what's previously happened. It's right. Sort of, okay. Know, now, which is which is quite frustrating. I think what the what we were hoping was that you know what the farmers were trying to say before the government have sort of turned around and said no is that you know let's just take take account of what we're already doing because we've got heaps of trees out there that are already sequestering a, a you know a carbon and that sort of thing so it yeah. makes it makes it a really big issue because those who have like yourself have already planted trees but you're not going to get rewarded for it most likely yeah but people who haven't done anything can plant trees and they're going to get at least some form of payment so the, the, like it's it is it is a, a bit obscene really in a way uh, oh yeah challenging ridiculous it's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> so in, ter- in terms of like matt was obviously a bit negative there says what were the challenges uh i'm obviously the positive one on the podcast positive scotsman positive, Scots- positive scotsman wow <laughs> and uh what, what are the opportunities you see if, if you were talking to you know some you, you're still young oh, yourself you, 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 if you were you're talking, talking to your, to your son. son, encouraging your son to get into farming. What would you tell him? Well, getting specifically into sheep farming. What yeah, would yeah. Be, what would you be? What would you be saying? Oh, I think uh, you know opportunities, um, development of land uh, for us. You know that's quite rewarding. You take a land, uh, take land that's underperforming. Um, you develop it and um, and get a bit of return off it. You know, newer grasses, whatever. Start finishing stock, things like that. That's personally, I see, I find a lot of satisfaction in that. So. Um, you know, there's still plenty of land out there that's that can be further developed um, in farming and, and, and get higher returns from. Um, other opportunities go. I just think farm. I just love farming. I just think working with stock. Um, yeah. You know, is is, is such a, a good thing, such a natural thing. It's happened. People have done it for years and years, haven't they? So, um, I think the the rewards from that are, are, are really positive. Um, and yeah, uh, other positive things. I'm just trying to think. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just love farming, really. So, yeah. <laughs> the, the lifestyle, the lifestyle within itself, you know, like you're saying, you alluded to the enjoyment of the hard work aspect, but the general lifestyle of, of being out in in the country and, and being out, being your own boss, all those kind of things, I guess, play into it. Yeah, it's quite. It's really. That's yeah. That's really enjoyable, eh? and, and working with, on the land, um, you know, is, is really cool. And yeah, the lifestyle itself, it's pretty neat. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, there's an advertisement for everyone, and and you wouldn't, <laughs> be, and you wouldn't sell up farm and move to Scotland. No. no. <laughs> Very hard push to, to do that. No, my, my partner, um, she's uh, from the UK, so she's uh, English, and her parents have a dairy farm over there. Oh, yeah. And um, yeah, no, we really enjoy it there. We we, we love going back there, but. Um, for us, yeah, New Zealand's a, we think New Zealand's a pretty cool place too to be doing what we're doing. So. Mm. New Zealand's the home. 
That's a high, yeah. It, um, with this, one thing I'd like to ask you as well, because there's, there's been a bit of a growth, I guess you mentioned before about the, um, the high-end uh, sheep meat product and, and how sometimes that can have implications when you go into recessionary phases. But one thing I noticed, uh, particularly in New Zealand, there's a few operators there, and I'm trying to get the name of the, the, the one that's quite famous, that are doing this um, uh, high omega acid type, um, product um, like a lamb lamb product um, targeting targeting a you know the, the very very premium market um, and, and and the lamb product they, they're doing is it's got a it's almost I think they're calling it like a wagyu of lamb type scenario where they're really pitching it to the high end is that is that something that's kind of a niche in New Zealand or is that something that's kind of growing this kind of idea of of, of trying to you know move out of that commoditized space and push uh, you know, prime lamb in the operation into a real niche kind of um, premium end. Yeah, I think like that's something going forward. You know, with um, other challenges out there, businesses are really trying to get top dollar for their product. And um, yes, going forward, people are yeah, there is more and more people starting to look at you know what what more can we get? You know, we're farming these animals, we're feeding these animals. What more can we get from them? So you know, a lot of that's genetic, isn't it? So people, mm. are, there's been a lot of research going into those genetics, um, but that achieve those sorts of things um and yeah going forward uh, probably more and more people will be starting to look at that personally uh and, and a lot of the commercial operations um like i'm not giving it too much thought yet at the moment to be fair like i don't think that's one of our strengths personally here on our place but who knows what the future will bring as well so yeah, mm. yeah that that kind of premium branded and i know there's a there's an operator in australia um lamb pro i think it's the brand of of the of the particular operator, but he's been targeting that high intramuscular fat in their in their prime lambs for a few years now, and I think they've just cracked they've just cracked at the retail level for a, for a um a lamb cutlet. It, it's a, just cracked a hundred dollars a kilo for those particular ones. Yeah. So it's it's getting up there in terms of premium pricing, um, yeah. but obviously yeah, like you said, there's a bit of work involved in the marketing and the branding side of it, um, but that's not something that appeals to you. Oh yeah, not not personally. Well, the hundred dollars, no. the hundred dollars a kilo for your product probably appeals to you, but <laughs> that sounds really good, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I'd like that. Yeah, yeah. Right. Maybe you've got to outsource it. Yeah, yeah. Get, that's get right. a marketing marketing agent. Yeah, is that right? Yes, yeah, might be one of them in Australia, is there? <laughs> possibly, possibly. <laughs> so, so yeah, uh, we've probably taken up a lot of your time, Ben. And uh, have you got any other words of wisdom for any of the other, any of other people listening, and also all the potential farmers that we're going to be speaking to from other nations? No, look, I, I think like um, if you if you're keen on farming, if you're young and you're keen on farming, um, get out there. There's no better way than putting yourself out there and doing it. You know, get in touch with some some farmers that are that might be in your area or that you know or friends of friends or whatever, and just um, and get out there, put yourself out there. Don't expect to be paid for all the work you do at the start. Just get get some experience, get involved, and, and then, you know, develop your passion or, or see if it's for you or, you know, just, yeah, get amongst it and, um, and yeah, take the most of your, make the most of your opportunities going forward. Give it a good shot. Sounds like that's a call out to those that aren't necessarily sixth-generation farmers, but anyone that's got an interest in agriculture, even coming from the city, um, you're saying that all they need to do is get out there and make themselves known to the sector and, and get involved. Just like, just That's like, right. Yeah. Just like the two of us, Matt. 
Buff City Boys. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, it's good, good advice. Yeah. Oh, you can't beat someone that's keen. You can work with energy, can't you? So, you know, you can make that, you can turn energy into, you know, you can upskill someone if they've got a lot of energy and, and are really keen on learning. So, yeah. I could have all the energy in the world, but I don't think I can shear a sheep. <laughs> oh. I've tried it. So, You've tried it, have you? Yeah. Uh, qualified sheep shearer, going to AWI. But uh, I did one day. Uh, but yeah, that no, was good. It's really interesting to speak to you, Ben. It's good. Uh, again, it's always a bit good to speak to somebody who actually likes black pudding. It always, put, it always puts me off when somebody responds to that question with disgusting. <laughs> uh, but so it's good to see or, or that they say they've not had it they don't oh, like it, it but they've never had it oh, I've, you know, I've, so. I've never had it would you try it no no well, until you tried it you know you don't know how, do you how do you know if you don't like it you never yeah, you never so. get hairs on your chest if you don't like it. <laughs> no, that's it. so no it's really it's really interesting to speak to you and i think it's it's um, a, this, is, this is obviously the first one we've done with a, a this global cheap farmers next generation podcast and uh, it's really interesting to get a bit of insight into into what's happening because there's a lot of changes happening around the world in in agriculture, um, and that's not restricted to sheep; it's all all industries. And I think New Zealand is probably at the forefront of some of those changes at the moment, especially that carbon. So it's interesting to hear uh, the viewpoint from from a, from a farmer. We we only see really what we see in the news, uh, which is you know uh, some of it's a bit sort of. Uh, one-sided i guess and so it's really interesting to see how it goes because it may come here but yeah it's also good to see the positivity in in in, in the industry no that's good no that's good good to speak to you guys as well all right that's it i think you're giving us a wind-up andrew so you know it was great it was fantastic um having a chat and um let us know if you're ever over over the ditch so to speak and you want to catch up for a for a nice feed of haggis or black pudding or, or a <laughs> quiet beer or something. Um, we'd always be happy to, um, to catch up in person, but um, thanks for coming on and spending the time with us. And um, I think we'll see you when you've got nothing on. Absolutely. No, it's brilliant. <laughs>